This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're, 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 tuned, you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagada at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagada. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's always great. It's always great when your team is seven and four right now, and it's really hitting on all cylinders. I didn't know it until Zach Taylor said it after the game that this is the first time that they've been undefeated in the month of November since 1982. So we love it. Oh, that's wild. I didn't even think they've been undefeated. I, I don't know. I never put it together. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, nope, I didn't have those stats um, written down. But I think one of the biggest things right now, and, and I want to focus on defense first, is this team currently won three games in a row for the first time this season. And I feel like that's obviously says a lot because a lot of the focus when you started the season was they're 0-2. Um, they can't win an AFC North division game. Yes, they only have one win right now in their division. But here they are when it feels like football matters, how you're playing matters, getting hot at the right time matters. And it's not easy with the back half of the schedule, but they sit at seven and four right now. And that's pretty, That I feel like that's incredible after starting known too. Yeah. Gone are the days where uh, we get every week. Is this the week the offensive line is going to finally uh, play up to what they were paid? Is this the week they'll finally, whatever. It's just, yeah, it seems like everybody's finally settled in, gelling their playing up to their potential. They're one of the best teams in the league. They still, it's still an uphill battle, even after this win. They still have to face a bunch of tough teams down the stretch here, but it feels much better than it did early on. Yeah, let's stay with defense right now because obviously a lot of talk was when DJ Reader returned, and that's huge for this defense, not only on the field, off the field, as a captain, as a leader on this defensive side of the ball. And let's let's talk about him because it's a little odd. I guess PFF earlier changed his grade of what it should be than what it really is, and some people didn't feel like it was fair. But DJ Reader is a factor, and he is back on this defense right now. Yeah, the PFF thing is like they they can do post game adjustments. Also, I don't know why they put the grades out so early if they're gonna adjust them because then you get the whole sensationalism. A fifty? What do you mean a fifty? Whatever, and then they bump it up to an eighty, and the quiets everybody down. I think this happened with Quinn and Williams earlier this year too. This isn't just a Bengals DJ Reader thing. It's like for some reason both interior defensive linemen and both like 
hey, I, I think uh, that guy played better than that. And then suddenly they, they're boosted 20 or 30 points or whatever. I don't know how the grading system works. I know there was a play last year. I only know this because somebody told me because he had the PFF like play-by-play -play, whether they get on this type thing. And it was a play that Reader destroys his block, gets into the backfield, doesn't make the tackle, but forces the ball back into his help. And I was told he got a minus for that. And I was like, he got a what? <laughs> because it's really hard to do. So I don't really know what the grading thing is, but it ended up coming out about where I'd put him. Like it wasn't a perfect reader game, but it was a very, it was a good game. Just not, he's still not at the elite level he was early on in this season, but he's at like a good level. He's, he looked better this week than he did last week. Yeah, and that's huge when you look at the team that you're facing. It's a physical Titans team. This game was going to be tough for them. Some would say, oh, some wins are going to look ugly or they're not going to look like, you know, it's an offensive game or how it's going to be play out defensively. And I just felt like they showed up. Credit to Lou, but there are other players on the defense that I do want to point out. And let's go to the cornerback room. Cam Taylor-Britt, it seems like he is starting to really be effective week by week as he gets more starts as a rookie. This was the game for Cam Taylor Britt, and he showed up and proved why this was a game for him. Loves to tackle, loves to hit, loves to take on blocks. What does Tennessee do? They run the ball. So he got to show out a little bit on that stuff. But he went above and beyond what would be expected, as we all know, with the forced fumble. I mean, that play is just extreme hustle it's just i don't know above and beyond what he is asked to do so not only did he play well played up to his strengths but he got to do it um as well as make that play he made a couple hits in the run game that i think were also just really nice um i don't know he had the one play that whatever he got dunked on again <laughs> it's the second time he's been dunked on now but other than that i thought he played really well let's talk about eli apple uh i think one of the concerns when cheetah goes down you think about the cornerback room you have cam taylor Britt out there you have eli apple out there and it still would be amazing to have cheeto on this defense because he's one of the best defensive players on this team but what did you think of eli apple on sunday i thought apple was the best coverage corner um, maybe the best coverage defensive back in this game. I don't know if this is a consistent thing, but he broke up, what, two, three passes, was in good position the entire game for the most part. Um, the only routes that he gave up any yardage on were things that were like beaters for the coverage. So, like, they just got to blame somebody. So they're going to blame a, a five, six, seven, eight-yard route, out route on him, even though, like, that's not really reasonable for him to – expect to be able to cover that that was just the coverage call um really liked his game guy we haven't talked about though mike hilton i thought he was the I best was do it uh, next. in general <laughs> okay his run defense i know we just talked about it with uh cam taylor Britt. mike hilton but three tackle for loss just consistently getting in there and fitting the run i mean this guy is he's just Yes, he's a corner. He's also a linebacker. I think we're just at the point where this guy is just part of the run fit. He's part of the main part of the run defense. He's somebody you have to game plan about. You can't just run at that corner. A lot of guys like to run at corners. Don't run at that one. So uh, just 
shout out Mike Hilton because he made some solo stops on Derrick Henry. I know he's, you know, he's hitting them low or whatever, but he's given up like 70 pounds, yeah. I think, and like five, six inches of height. It's like, yeah, this is like David Goliath thing. And he took him down three times. Yeah, they're the one tackle for loss. I mean, like you said, around three times when he when he was taking Henry down and just little Mike, little Mike running after he makes the tackle. And just the size comparison is absolutely insane. There's the meme out of everybody knows the Derrick Henry, the, the famous uh, meme of him and, and next to another football player and just how big he is. And they've changed it to Mike Hilton is Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry is the little guy. Um, so Mark just right- Ingram. I Mark Ingram, that that's, that's my bad for not giving Mark Ingram some love over there compared some to Some love, yeah. That's my bad for not calling on Mark Ingram as the little guy. Little guy, little guy. Mike Hilton, no. But but just overall with this team, um, you know, it's crazy because I feel like it was the same storyline going into that playoff game. Derrick Henry was actually coming off an injury for the playoff game. So it's a tad bit different when you're, when you're getting in the swing of things. And then there was talk up to this game, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, I'm going to be able to run the ball. And Lou and his defense is like, no, no, not so fast. Why is why is this defense just so good at stopping this guy? They, um, it's like a very cliche thing, but I think the biggest thing is just it's all eleven hats to the football. It's just, it's not. There are solo tackles, like I mentioned, with Mike Hilton making one, Logan Wilson had one, Sam Hubbard had one. Like those happen, but for the most part is one guy hits Henry, then another guy hits him, and then they've got four guys pushing him backwards. So not only is he getting stopped in his tracks, but he's not able to fall forward with that six-foot-three whatever frame to pick up another two yards or so. Six-foot-two yards. (laughs) So if he just falls forward, he gets two yards. Uh, But they're hitting him and making him fall backwards. It's just such a team effort to stop the run when he's in there. And they play all these different – fronts and uh, they do use some run blitzes and all this other stuff to try to stop Henry. And then when he goes out, it's just a completely different defense, but they devote so much time and resource to stopping Henry that I think they see the fruits of their labor at the end of the game where he ends up with two something yards per carry and overall wasn't much of a factor other than the screen pass getting yeah. gashed through the air, which, Oh man. I don't think they saw it, but one of the one of the guys gets blocked okay. And I was like, oh, did he see the screen pass? Was he avoiding was he trying to get in the window? No, he just he was just rushing the quarterback after. I don't know. Uh they did such a good job on screens on every other play. Cam samples tackle for a loss on a trick play screen thing. Um all these other stops, but then you just let one slip through the cracks and Cam Taylor Britt makes an amazing play. Jesse Bates caught heat for not being able to stop it on a dime in poor field conditions to fall the opposite. He's running back into the right, and the ball falls down behind him to the left. So he has to both change his momentum. He's going backwards, so he has to come forward now, and he has to move from left to right. It's just there's no shot he was making that. He was going to be the one that was going to be able to dive on that ball. If you go back and watch, there's some guys that stopped running and Bates wasn't one of them. So that's just, the, you know, like I hear this effort thing with him. It's like, no, he was one of the only guys to follow the ball. The entire, if he gave no effort, he would have just dove at Henry's legs and then just snapped his fingers, gone, oh, shucks, I didn't get him. 
Yeah, no, I, I do. I agree with you. I think there was there was double team effort there. Obviously, Cam Taylor Britt knocking the ball down, and Jesse Bates tries to get it, but his body is switched around, and it'd be super. And it's bad. It's a bad field. Like that was the everybody's comment the entire game is just like, oh, look at all these guys slip. Well, yeah, when it's a bad field, he can't just stick his foot in the ground and fall. Uh, it's just Madden brain. It's like in Madden, I can stop on a dime and fall down if I just hit square. But uh, in the NFL, you know, he actually has to probably take two, three steps to change his momentum and then be able to dive and gain ground going towards the ball. Whereas Traylon Burks just literally has to keep running and then fall on it. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, if, if he would have landed on it, what a play by the defense because I thought it was over. I'm like, this is over. It's going to be a Derrick Henry kind of day. And like you mentioned, I mean, he, he threw – Tannehill threw it to him, um, but he just – he went right through to the defenders and something we've seen before from Derrick Henry. But it also looked like Ryan Tannehill, I know he's been battling injuries this season. He hasn't played the full first half of the season, but he's had an okay season, and he was coming off a pretty hot start. And it just felt like Lou was like, we're going to we're going to make you beat us in the air. And yes, he had two throws or the, the one throw that Cam Taylor Britt gets burned on. But other than that, he couldn't really do anything. And it really just felt like defense. It's going to be one of those defensive games from this unit. Yeah, once again, uh, Lou got into a little bit of that soft, soft cover two stuff where he's backing everybody up 15, 20 yards and just letting them eat slowly down the field and it worked because Tennessee missed the field goal in the end of the half but it is very much when I go back and watch I'm just like oh yeah they're just they're just throwing it like uh, five yards where nobody is every time mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's there eventually it's just very bend don't break use up the rest of the time he did that at the end of the not the end, but like the fourth quarter, right before the final drive, it felt like he did the same thing where he's just like, let's keep it in front of us and just keep allowing all these short completions and runs to, well, not really runs, but the short completions to just slowly work their way down the field. Yeah, you could really tell that. And it just felt like, I don't know, early on, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a four quarters with this defense just really performing today. And we saw that really early on against Tennessee, which, again, I said it before the game. I don't feel like the Titans get enough credit. I know what their wins look like and, and who they've played. I know the division is pretty weak in the AFC South. But overall, they're still a tough team. And that's a huge win for this team defensively with what you're going to be facing the back half of the schedule. And next, we're going to get to the offense, offensive side of the ball. Joe Burrow, you're without Jamar Chase, without Joe Mixon. You get Trent Irwin making a key catch. T. Higgins uh, with a great touchdown catch, too, and more when we talk about the offense on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.